Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek, joined by Not Your Average Joe's, Joe Belner, Joe Mason. We got a great show today. We'll get you your dogs and logs from week 10. Uh, oh, actually, it's week, it was week 9, so I'm already messing that up. We're going into week 10. We'll talk we about are. some stats for week 10. We'll talk about start sits for week 10 from Joe's Twitter, and we'll talk about some dynasty drop-in. We got some rabbit pooper of the week, some honorable mention there. And uh, we'll go over some matchups of the week. So I'm really excited. We got a f- jam-packed uh, show today. And uh, let's get to it. How are we doing, boys? Mason, you go first today. And I'm just excited to talk some football. I've been pretty busy with work. I was in Denver this week, and I got to see Mile High, where you know Russ is burning up the kitchen. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, excited to talk uh, week 10. And, uh, you know, fantasy playoffs are coming up in a few weeks. So, mm-hmm. uh Sad to say, we're almost near the end of the fantasy season. You know, we're kind of past the midway point, but uh, this is where it gets really good. Yeah. yeah, don't don't become complacent though. We still got five weeks. We do. You can go from uh, seven and two to seven and seven real quick here if you're mm-hmm. not careful. Man, I was hearing Jason on the footballers like, "Oh, if you're six and seven and two, you're you're in the playoffs." And I was like, "Uh, oh, I don't know." I don't know about that. Stuff I can happen. Say that Depends, pod, yeah. But. Yeah, that's like a six and three team I have. Like, I was just telling you guys, I've been really, like, in denial about the Josh Allen injury, and I've just neglected to pick up a backup quarterback because I was like, oh, they're playing the Vikings. Uh, They just lost to the Jets. Like, he's going to play. And now, you know, we had Wednesday and Thursday, did not practice. So uh, I might be looking at, like, a Jacoby Brissett spot start this week or maybe even, like, Case Keenum. So not looking good. Vikings legend Case Keenum, I might add. Revenge game. So we'll see. Maybe he uh, recaptures his 2017 form. I've always liked Keenum. So I wanted to talk about some stats that I pulled for this week. I know Joe uh, shared some on Twitter already, but I was just fascinated with like how wonky Week 9 was and then some, some interesting tidbits through Week 9 where uh, Week 9 we had Joe Mixon absolutely explode for over 50 points. However, the position at RB and wide receiver were super top-heavy. From weeks 1 through 8, the average wide receiver 36 performance in half PPR was 9.45. Last week it was 5.1, which is almost about half, which is, I mean, you think, oh, it's just, well, whatever, four points. That's incredibly, that's an incredibly big difference. And that was Michael Bandy from the Chargers, and there's no way, what, 1% of people probably rostered him and none started him. Uh, and then you got wide I mean, Running back 36 points per game from week one through eight was 6.96, and that dropped down to 4.7 in week nine. And so we're seeing the impact that buys have uh, in this this time of the regular season where when we have a smaller player pool to choose from, the performances from one to 36 are going to be super top-heavy where the bottom of the barrel is is really down there. And so even though you got a top 36 performance from a guy like Travis Homer of the Seahawks, it doesn't do you much in the lineup, and we saw really low scores across the board, I think, is what we saw in Week 9. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you all Joe, picked up on that. Justin Fields and uh, Joe Mixon took all the points. So yeah, they did. There wasn't any left over. <laughs> Man, what a game. Uh, I just I was, I actually got to watch it on the flight, and it was pretty pretty impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Fields just – he kept running, He and he is he now the all-time 
single game leader for in rushing, rushing yards in regular season, right? Yep. I think I think Kaepernick still holds the the playoff record, like 183, but still mm. so impressive. Yeah, crazy. And All then right. mix facing Mixon was like a death sentence. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah I, I lost by eight in a league that I went up against, him, <laughs> and that, that feel that felt horrible because like that means that you did everything right. The rest of his team didn't do anything, and then you still lost because he went off for like fifty-five points. So, yeah, another tidbit I wanted to share was forty-seven running backs have had a top twelve week. You know who hasn't had any? Najee Harris to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and so we did see a report earlier this week that Jalen Warren was going to get some more work after mm-hmm. the bye week, and so I mean it's not without reason. Najee Harris has not finished in the top twelve and a half PPR on any week this this year. He had the injury coming in. He said he's all good, though, so, I mean, I don't know what the excuses are besides the offense being dreadful. Uh, 60 wide receivers account for the 108 top 12 performances, so we've had 12, top 12 nine weeks. That's 108. Uh, guys that have been drafted pretty high up in drafts this season, so Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, Hunter Renfro have zero of those weeks. Jeez. So we always say you don't win at the draft. You can lose it, but as, as evidence, you had to adjust if you had these guys, and uh, they have not reached expectations, particularly guys like Elijah Moore. Hunter Renfro was a top 24. I mean, wasn't he top 12? Yeah, he, he hasn't was. even finished in the top 24, really. Now he's on IR. Mm-hmm. And finally, 47 different tight ends have had a top 12 for performance, so good luck getting the right one each week unless you have Kelsey, Andrews, Goddard, Hawkinson, kind of. Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich. He's 100% for finishing in the top 12 since he started. You know, Ertz mm-hmm. is sneakily. And Ertz, yeah. Tight end three on the year. Yeah. Right, I have Ertz in a league. It's like my main <clears throat> league, I would say. And uh, Ertz is like always like tight end 11 on the week, and so eventually you keep creeping up the total point standings. Yeah. I don't know what is it. I don't think they've had their bye, so that, maybe that's why also. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they haven't. They're like <laughs> He's week good almost every week, bye. though. Yeah, even, yeah. The, even the weeks where – the volume's not there. He scores a touchdown a lot of the time. So, he's Which been a, isn't what we really expected, to be honest. You expected no. him to have the, the PPR value, but not necessarily the touchdown upside. Yeah. All right. And last, lastly, I did want to just give a shout-out to Joe's Jets. They're number five on the season as far as defense special teams goes mm-hmm. and top five in four of the last six weeks. And one of those six weeks outside the top five was in the top 12. So they're on their bye right now. If yep. you have a roster spot, it's not a bad idea to scoop the Jets D to prepare for the home stretch because I was looking at their schedule, and it's really not bad. Mm-hmm. Here's um, a dilemma. Would you rather, talking about stashing defenses for the following week after this one, so week 11, would you rather stash the Patriots D to go up against the Jets and they're the number one scoring defense or the Jets defense to go up against the Patriots in the same matchup? Ooh. It depends. If I need a win now, I'm going to take that uh... – I'm going to take that uh, Patriots D. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm looking ahead, if I'm looking ahead, I actually like the Jets' schedule moving forward uh, because the Patriots' schedule gets tough. Agreed. Um, you know, with the Pats, it's just a one week, and then you pretty much have to drop them. Yeah, um, because I can't remember. Who do they play? Some very good offenses. I know, yeah, we were looking into it. I mean, looking at the schedule for the playoffs for the Jets, they play in Week 15 Detroit, then Jacksonville, then Seattle. Mm-hmm. Those are all very manageable matchups, and 
I mean, looking, I've looked at like these defensive matchups, and nobody really has a cakewalk one. Because, uh, I mean, look at the Patriots playoff matchup. It's Vegas, then Cincinnati, then Miami in the finals. You don't really want that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to face Vegas. Cincinnati and Miami. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Patriots gave up 14 points and had three sacks and against Miami in week one, but that team is rocking and rolling on offense. Every game is a shootout with them right now. But enough about that. That was just some fun stuff that I found through week eight. But let's get into dogs and logs from week nine. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Mason, yeah, who's your dog? Who's your dog? Yeah, I'll talk about I'll talk about mine because we were just chatting him up. But uh, Joe Mixon, holy cow. Guy comes out, has five touchdowns, 22 carries, 153 rushing yards. Also had five targets, four catches, 58 receiving yards. Yeah, 53.1 half PPR points. It was really impressive. He's now on a bye week, so he gets the week off after his monster performance. If I got Mixon, I think I'm actually trying to sell high. Like, I'd like him still mm. for the rest of the season, but, you know, J.J. Zacharyson has been talking about his playoff schedule. He faces Tampa Bay, New England, and Buffalo week 15, 16, and 17. So that's pretty tough. I think you could flip him for a pretty good running back, so – uh, you know, I think I'd move him. But uh, any Joe, uh, any trade targets that you would specifically be looking for in return? Um, no, it's tough off the top of your head. But um, maybe like, would you be looking at like maybe uh like Kenneth Walker and a decent wide receiver in return? Because that's something I I would be yeah, kind of interested you, in. You know, I think I would take Kenneth Walker straight up over him, and I bet you you can get that. You might be able to get that deal done, but. Kenneth Walker's mm-hmm. just been so good, too. Yeah, he's been torching it. And their schedule's really good on top of it. If yeah. someone offered you Jonathan Taylor for Mixon, would you take it? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I would either. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It was funny because I, I have a team with Fournette, and I was, like, looking at Jonathan Taylor because I haven't been happy with Fournette, really. Um, and, you know, Rashad White's emerging. But uh, I, like, sent the request. Uh, a trade request uh, request for Jonathan Taylor for Leonard Fournette. And then I immediately uh, canceled it. Cause like once it was actually <laughs> sent out, I was like, you really feel the You'd risk. you rather have Fournette. The Colts. Like I was like, uh, yeah, with the, with the hiring a Saturday and Ellinger as quarterback. And then the injury concerns, it just, it, it felt like too much that I'd rather just have Fournette doing nothing. Man. It's crazy how much things change. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why we pick CMC first, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that you uh, shouldn't have taken first, but definitely earlier it's looking like, and uh, he probably went on draft in a lot of your leagues. My dog is Mr. Justin Fields for the uh, second week in a row. So looking at the last couple of weeks, in week six, he rushed 12 times for 88 yards, followed it up in week seven, 14 times for 82 yards and a touchdown. Week eight, eight times for 60 yards and a touchdown, and then week nine, 15 for 178 yards and a touchdown. So obviously we were talking about how that's a regular season record for rushing yards by a quarterback. On top of it, he scored a rushing touchdown in three straight weeks, which is, you know, six points off the bat for a quarterback, which is great. And on top of uh, everything, in week nine, he threw three touchdowns with 17 and 28 for 123 yards. So that's five touchdowns and zero interceptions in his last two games. And uh, you look at the schedule because I am a little bit skeptical that he's playing a little out of his head. And 
maybe defenses will try to switch it up on him a little bit. I know during their bye week, they're watching a lot of film on like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. So they've really switched up the game plan and have found something that's really working for uh, Justin. But yeah, the next two weeks they get Detroit and Atlanta. So I see absolutely nothing changing. I'm facing him in two weeks this upcoming week and I'm pretty scared. So uh, yeah, if you have Justin Fields as your quarterback, continue to start him. Um, I think there's going to be a coming back to earth game when they, cause I think their schedule gets a little bit worse after the next two weeks. So when he faces a better defense, I am a little nervous that he's going to go back to his old ways a little bit. But in the short term, I think you should feel pretty excellent about starting him. I'm pretty glad he's like finally using his legs. You know, yeah. like it's okay to scramble and get pick up a couple yards instead of forcing something. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, believe it or not, I actually had a team this weekend. I actually thought my season was pretty much over. I was kind of I think I was uh, like three and six or something or three and three and five and uh i had justin fields i picked up off waivers and joe mixon and the patriots defense and all three of them outscored my opponent and i put up like 190 in half ppr so jeez that felt pretty good <laughs> that's a good week that's a get right week yeah i mean maybe just maybe justin fields is uh last year's joe burrow i mean he's obviously not the same kind of player but mm-hmm. like burrow is a volume passer and fields is a mobile quarterback but like Oh my goodness, he's coming on strong. Yeah, it's crazy. If you just looked at his performances in week two, three, and four, like I wouldn't blame you if you dropped him. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? He had there was no reason to believe this was getting turned around. We used Eberflusing as a verb on yep. an earlier show for being inept on offense. Now it's a praise. <laughs> I mean, against Houston in week three, Houston is a bad team. He went 8-for-17 for 106 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He got sacked five times, and he fumbled it twice, even though he didn't lose it. Mm-hmm. And he went 8-for-47 on the ground for six, less than seven points. Crazy. Now this guy put up <laughs> just, I mean, he broke a record for rushing at, the, at a quarterback position. It's wild. The turnaround has been absolutely wild. Good for him. My dog this week is a guy who has had a lot of expectations since he was drafted as a Tyreek Hill replacement, and that's Nicole Hardman, mm-hmm. who was the wide receiver 7.5 PPR this week. Um, I mean, he followed the usual suspects. Adams was first, Tyreek, Cup, Justin Jefferson, Christian Kirk found his way in there, Jalen Waddell, then Hardman was 7th. And so now with the bye in the middle, he's been top 12 two weeks in a row, and uh, Mahomes seemingly is just going to throw the ball until his arm falls off. He had 68 attempts last week. And so I'm wondering, I mean, he's done it two weeks in a row. Do you have any faith that Nicole Hardman can keep this up? Um, I don't know about on a consistent basis, but when uh, just because we've seen, we kind of know, you know, he, he is a young player. So I, I want to say we kind of know who he is, but uh he has looked really impressive. Um, the Chiefs have a lot of pass catchers. So if I'm trusting Kelsey and Juju every week, because I'm pretty much at that point now, it's kind of hard to get that third guy. Um, but he is a lot better than MVS, obviously. Um, I think once Kadarius Tony gets more acclimated to the offense and uh, has more snaps, it's going to be pretty tough for Hardman um, to get just a lot of volume. So if, if I had one concern for Hardman moving forward, it is uh, Kadarius Tony getting more acclimated. 
Yeah, like Hardman only played 54% of the snaps last week. And against San Francisco in week seven, he played 63%. So not like he's not like in there at like an 80% guy, you know, but maybe he doesn't need it. Maybe he's really efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three straight games with a receiving touchdown. So they also I, do that like end around, like pitch right. pass or even a handoff. And that seems to be a pretty designed play to get him involved close to the goal line. That's helpful. Yep. All right. Enough about good guys. Let's talk logs for this week. Who wants to go first? I'll yeah, take I'll this look. one. Oh, no, no, Mason. Mason, we didn't hear right, your voice much it. last yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I could hear your voice this week, I would love to. Let's hear it, Mason. Right. You go first. Who's your log? Who dropped a deuce? Yeah, my uh, Pooper McPooper pants this week is Evan Ingram. <laughs> I've just, I've never been a fan of Evan Ingram, and he's really proved me wrong this year. He's been pretty solid, and then he comes out and does a one catch for eight yards. Uh, Belder's just drinking nothing. a beer casually. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been doing it for the last couple of weeks. It goes well with the podcast, just one beer. That's nice. Yeah, one so beer, it's nice. Evan Ingram, he could just disappear on the playing field. And, you know, I just I just can never – I never feel good about putting him in my lineup if I have to. I'm just kind of like, oh, is there anybody else I can play over Evan, Evan Ingram? And uh, I'm just not sure if – I mean, he's been a kind of a, a decent streamer the past – four weeks you know he's kind of he's playing more than 75 percent of the snaps but last week he just really didn't do anything and um you know he might he might do something against kansas city this week you know it's a high over under uh i think one of you are covering that game later Mm -hmm. uh but yeah he's just he's really hard to trust going forward but as derek mentioned there's just a lot of different tight ends that have top 12 finishes so uh you know any given week one of these guys can surprise us yeah, I heard you say you're not a fan of Evan Ingram. If I ever met a, someone that was like a gigantic Evan Ingram fan, that must be the weirdest dude on the planet. Oh, I like to give my brother a hard time because after his rookie year, he traded Kenny Galladay and a first for Evan Ingram. And then Kenny Galladay broke out the year after. So yeah. uh, maybe my, just my brother. Maybe I'll buy him an I love Evan Ingram shirt or something for Christmas. I like on. it. I'll go next. I got my log this week. And it is DJ Moore, and it's not because we can expect DJ Moore to blow up every week, but, I mean, you you felt good this week. He had a big game the week before. I think he was my dog. And uh, he went out and laid an egg mm-hmm. by no fault of his own in a lot of ways uh, because P.J. Walker was terrible, and I'll get to him too. I have a little uh, side award for him. But DJ Moore, unfortunately, did not. Uh, put up the numbers that you hope for this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield came in and didn't really do anything with him either. And so poor performance from DJ Moore. Not going to say much more about it, but clearly a log this week. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about his teammate as my log. Uh, You know, we had back-to-back games uh, with 118 rushing yards for Deontay Foreman in week seven and eight. And, um, you know, it, we were kind of wondering if, if this was going to be a regular occurrence for him. Um, maybe you had like a RB2, like an every week starter uh, moving forward. But then we saw that he's kind of a little bit game dependent. In week nine, he only had seven carries for 23 yards. Um, his uh, carries in the two weeks prior were 15 and 26. And then, of course, he had the three touchdowns in week eight. Um 
they're not going to get killed by the Bengals every single week. They're, you know, they're going to have a lot of negative game scripts. But, uh, you know, what we saw from a very good Bengals defense and Joe Mixon completely destroyed the team. Uh, so many touchdowns. So we're not going to see that every week. And I see this, you know, we're, we're recording this podcast episode on a Thursday. I see tonight's game as like a make it or break it week for Deontay Foreman. Like, I, I know we were talking right before we started recording. Um, I'm, I'm facing a decision of Deontay Foreman or Jeff Wilson Jr., and um, I'm tempted to ride with Foreman one last time and just see what happens because, you know, you have Chuba coming back, but we just saw uh, Foreman have 118 rushing yards against this Falcons defense. Right. 11 uh, days ago. Yeah. 11 days ago. <laughs> the weather's going to be terrible. Weather's going to be terrible. Uh, he kind of profiles as the guy that I would want to hand the ball off to a lot in a hurricane game. And, uh, you know, we have, we have two good games against one bad game that I'm kind of throwing out the window. So to go back to like the every, every week starter type of thing, not sure he's that kind of player, but this week I am tempted to say that he's going to have another like startable game. And I'm leaning towards Foreman over Jeff Wilson officially. I'm pretty sure. Speaking of leaning and, uh, starts, we'll get to that momentarily after I give you my rabbit pooper of the week. It was Justin Herbert, a guy that we drafted as a top three quarterback in, in uh, redraft leagues and, I mean, in dynasty startups. He's probably two. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, no top five performances since his week one blow-up game. He's been outside the top 12 in four out of his last six games, and he has six TDs in weeks one through two and seven TDs since then. I know that he got hurt, and so I'll give him a pass for maybe a game or two, but he's not been on the injury report since then. Mm-hmm. And so... The performance of Justin Herbert has been severely disappointing. His offense is shorthanded with the injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but like he's not making the log list very much, but he's really not he's not living up to the draft capital. And so that's why Justin Herbert is my Robert Pooper of the week. The poop is piling up. My honorable mentions are some other guys, like another quarterback that Jared Goff started out hot and he's cooled off significantly. No top twelve weeks since week four. And then Michael Pittman, I didn't give him the award because, I mean, his quarterback is awful, so I'll give him a pass. However, he's had one top 12 week since week one, and he's averaging 6.4 half PPR points per game the last three weeks, and that is just not a startable asset. Mm-hmm. Poor Alec Pierce on top of it because yeah. that was my guy. And yep. the decision to Doing switch nothing. to Ellinger is uh, not it. And finally, a new thing. I actually forgot to do it last week, and it's my average Joe champion of the week. Woo! And that is somebody who scored fewer points than the three of us sitting here. And this week, it's PJ Walker with negative 1.04 points, three for 10 for nine yards, two interceptions, one rush for six yards. Give it up for PJ Walker. He was outscored by every fantasy football player in the country. So he did, he did that good that he's going to start again. So you're telling me that I can't mm-hmm. start for the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> I scored more points than PJ Walker. I just, I, why? Like, I guess it's an interim coach or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've got no answers <laughs> for that team. I mean, they're actually in the race for the division. Just hand it off, hand it off to Foreman tonight. Yeah. That's all I ask. All right, give him the Malik Willis treatment. Yep. 
Or the, uh, what was it, Mac Jones in that snow game? Did he have zero attempts or something? I think he had one. One. Yeah. All right, let's get into start sick questions from Twitter. A recap of last week. We had Garrett Wilson, Damian Harris, Deion Jackson. We went with Deion Jackson. However, Garrett Wilson was the better option. Mm-hmm. We had Pacheco, Hines, or Deion Jackson. We said Deion Jackson. They all sucked, and Jackson got hurt. So you kind of lost no matter what there. Uh, we had Deion Jackson, a lot of those questions, and Josh Palmer. Palmer for me and Belner, Jackson for Mason, and we had Matt DeSorbo on last week. Palmer was better by a long shot. Uh, Pitts or Curtis Samuel or Garrett Wilson? Uh, Belner and I leaned Pitts. Mason wanted to start a wide receiver because he didn't want to start a second tight end. Curtis Smart Samuel guy. was the play. Wilson was good, too. Either one of those was better than Pitts. We had a pick, too. Duvernay, McLaurin, Juju, Boyd, or Dobbs? Dobbs got hurt, um, so he kind of – I mean, we didn't pick him at all. But Belner said McLaurin and Juju. Mason said Duvernay and Juju. DeSorbo said Duvernay and McLaurin. I said, in order, Juju, Boyd, McLaurin. Duvernay did not do anything. McLaurin and Juju were the best options, followed by Boyd, I think, based on – I would have to double-check that, but that's what I remember. Uh, Duvernay was not the player. You said pick two. You said I'll, I'll pick three. I said in order if you <laughs> wanted to decide. And then finally, Sanders, Pierce, or Swift. That was on the Thursday night game. We all said Sanders. And Pierce and Sanders were both fine. Mm-hmm. So let's More get into fun. it. I think we have a pretty good track record, so let's keep it up. All right, let's start off. Um, first question is from your boy, Jay. Uh, he's asking David Njoku or Dalton Schultz. So I'll start off by saying um, I think both of these guys are very viable tight end starters. And pe- people, if, you, if you're really struggling at the position, I would be targeting in trades. So I don't think their value is tremendously high at the moment. But um, I would be going Dalton Schultz over David Njoku. Njoku is still questionable. Yep, that's what I was going to say. And, yeah, I really like Schultz with uh, Dak back. Yeah, he has not practiced this week as of Thursday. So uh, he was spotted working off to the side and is slated as a non-participant on Thursday. So you're going to need him to get at least a limited tag on Friday to have any confidence starting David Njoku. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think if he suits up, I'm comfortable with Njoku. He's He's been pretty good when he's been healthy. So, all right. Next question is from Nick. He is asking in PPR, would you rather start Damian Pierce or Jalen Waddle? I would be going Jalen Waddle. Same. Jalen Waddle's been very good, even though he's the number two target in that offense. He's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Waddle by by far certainly, and good for you for having two better running backs in Week Ten. What does Damian <laughs> Pierce need to do, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I no, I'm acknowledging that Damian Pierce is a good start at this point. So I'm saying good for you that you had two guys that are you're starting over him still. Mm-hmm. Cuz I mean, I I, you got bye weeks. Like even guys like Michael Carter were startable last week and now they're yep. on bye. Mm-hmm. All right, next question is Mark Book. He is asking with Kyler out. Uh if Kyler is out cuz yeah, he's questionable at the moment. Uh would you rather start Daniel Jones or Jared Goff? Um this is actually a pretty tough one. I, I normally like the potential for rushing yards with Daniel Jones, but I would actually go Jared Goff. What about you guys? You go, you go oh, first, man. Derek. That's tough because Goff has just done nothing recently. I know, I know. And Daniel Jones laid an egg the week before his bye, but I think that the floor is actually higher for Jones. 
and the ceiling might be higher too. But I think the median outcome is better for Goff. It's funny. They've both been really bad their last mm-hmm. four starts. But Daniel Jones was quarterback three in week seven. But yeah, the last four weeks, they've been like low end QB twos. So I'm probably just going to roll with Daniel Jones. He, he could have a bad game, but yeah. rush 10 rushes for 50 yards. So yeah, I know. I know the Lions offense isn't looking great, especially after the Hawk trade. But for me, it's just kind of like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm very interested in trading for him in a lot of leagues. And I just think having a target like that where Daniel Jones doesn't because they didn't trade for, you know, they were maybe hoping to get like a DJ Moore. They didn't trade for anyone at the deadline. So uh, I just don't like his pass catchers. And uh, I would be going for the guy who has the better weapons. I'm going Daniel Jones. All right. Because Kenny G's back. This one we'll have to revisit next episode. (laughs) Uh, Also, I mean, the answer is actually Kyler with a bad hamstring hamstring, because I I don't think he's going to miss. Mm-hmm. All right, next All right. question. Donovan Mellick, he's asking, uh, didn't specify if, what scoring it is. That kind of does matter in this one, but Jeff Wilson or Michael Pittman? Um, it's actually pretty hard because Sam Ellinger is really, really bad. Uh, and Jeff Wilson looked good last week, and I'm encouraged by him. I know I, I was talking about that on the episode last week about how I thought that he could be kind of like the Rashad Penny of this year. Um, and I was very impressed with his first game with Miami, but um, I might yeah, still lean Michael Wilson. Pittman. I'm gonna go Wilson. Wilson's the clear answer to me. Wilson's the clear answer. Yeah, to me. I mean, I'm like I'm like very fifty fifty. I mean, so I just had Pittman in my rabbit pooper of the week honorable I know, mention. I know. I just believe so, in his talent. Uh, I think there's a chance he could get hyper targeted. But why hasn't he yet? I mean, I guess because the, the, we don't know what's going to happen with the coaching change. Mm-hmm. But let me read you off the uh, points that Pittman has scored from week four on. 4.6, 8.4, 19.9 when he was top five in week six, mm-hmm. 6.8, 8.8, 3.7. Yeah, so we're going Jeff Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> there I, you go. I, I answered it first, Jeff Wilson. All right. Uh, the next question is Jensen Gore is asking full PPR flex, Pittman, uh, Montgomery, or Ayuk? Um, and full PPR, so it's between Ayuk and Montgomery in this one. Um, the full PPR makes it interesting. If With Debo back and CMC in the fold, I, I am a little bit worried about the continued success for Ayuk, um, just how much volume he could see on a week-to-week basis. If it's my team, I'm probably going Monty and hoping for a touchdown and some dump-offs. Yeah, in full PPR, I'm going to go Ayuk. He's last three games, wide receiver four, wide receiver mm-hmm. 18, wide receiver 11. I mean, yeah. Debo is playing in that Atlanta game, right? So I think I think he's still been pretty solid. He's got a good trust with Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I if it's a flex, I'm going to go with Ayuk because I think the, um, the blow-up game potential is higher for him than Montgomery. I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a, a solid projected lead and you're confident in the rest of your lineup, I might go Montgomery for the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking at. And, you know, the running backs typically have a higher chance at touchdowns. Um, I know the touchdowns have been going to Justin Fields lately uh, on the ground, but I still think Montgomery is a really good player, and I hope, uh, I hope he gets the opportunities. 
Um, next, next question, question is from David. He is asking Cordero Patterson or Damian Pierce. Um, I'll kind of take the hurricane excuse here, and I'm actually going to go Damian Pierce. I mean, you know my answer. It's okay, Cordero Damian Patterson. Pierce. Yeah. Cordero Patterson. Look what he did last week. I know he's incredible. He killed it. Yeah, he didn't even play half the snaps, so I think he's still – yeah, he's great. I don't know how many snaps he's going to play, though, and I, I kind of like the floor with how much they want to run Damian Pierce, how many opportunities he gets. What's going on with this injury, actually? Yeah, I was just saying, he was limited in practice today. There's nothing to suggest that his availability for Sunday's game is any danger, but the running back will likely have to practice fully in order to avoid an injury designation. Mm-hmm. So let's see how the practice reports are leading up to the game. Um, if we're expected to get the normal workload for Pierce, I would go Pierce. But well, if there's you, you anything, you have to decide today. That is true. That is true. I, I, I'm going. I'm going yeah. Pierce. I'm going Pierce. Okay. I'm sticking with my guns. Next Damian question Pierce is. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Next question from Finkel. He's asking Kyle Pitts or Everett. Did not specify the scoring. Um, I'm going Everett. Yeah, I'm going to go Everett, although the Niners are a really tough matchup, but I just you can't trust Kyle Pitts, you know, especially if Keenan Allen's going to miss, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be Jordan, you know, Josh Palmer and, and Gerald Everett. Yeah, Everett. Everett is – his volume is more assured. And the touchdown uh, upsides there. You mind if I rapid fire a little bit? And yeah, if you guys it. disagree, uh, speak up. So Jared Reinhardt is asking Brady or Cousins. I would go Brady. Brady. Uh, Evan Height is asking Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. Now that's oh. very, very interesting. Um, I mean, I still go Harris. I still go Harris over Warren. With Warren, it's kind of like I need to see it before I start him over who like I any, think is the starter. Even he's not performing. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> Somebody um, else, Kenny Gainwell. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. Sniper Fox said, don't have any questions. Backups on by, LOL, but just wanted to say your podcast is good. So appreciate we, that. We appreciate you. Uh, where is Zona Ward? Good question. <laughs> I'm hoping it's me. Pit us uh, against each other. Where is Zona Wardnels? That's his name. Uh, he's asking Josh Palmer or Devontae Smith. And I would actually go Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. Yeah, I hate admitting it, but Palmer probably has the better matchup and opportunity this week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just an example of adjusting in the season to what you have in front of you. Right, and we'll, we'll 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 finish this one. off with a very disgusting one. <laughs> um, they're it. asking for tonight's game uh, involved, but Dante Pettis or Blackshear. Blackshear. Good I grief. would go. I would go Pettis. I mean, it's, Pettis it's, on the Bears. He, he could just catch like a seventy-yard touchdown. Yeah, with Blackshear, I'm just you know with if Chuba wasn't active, then I would be like okay. But with Chuba active, Foreman, you know, being Foreman, um, Blackshear did get the touchdown last week. <laughs> but I'm gonna I don't go. Know. I'm gonna go Blackshear. I think it's. I mean, it's a terrible choice between the two. I'm surprised you can't find any. I mean, like they could both. Yeah, they could both get zero. It's a forty-person league. Forty. (laughs) Wow. 
No, I don't no. know. <laughs> a 32 man league. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's all I could assume. Oh, man. I don't think I would want to start Blackshear tonight, and he's not going to find out this advice unless you go tell him right now after tw- after the episode. That's the question Which, yeah. that I look forward to talking about next week the most. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll see, so, we'll what, what are we doing? You're going what? You're, Belner, you're going Pettis? I'm going I gotta Pettis. i got to write this down. Yeah. And uh, Mason, you went with who? I went with Blackshear. Okay, same. He's on my dynasty roster, so it's I It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this one. All righty. Let's talk about matchups of the week. I'll go first. I want to talk about Detroit at Chicago. The over-under is 48.5. It's Bears minus 3. And I call this the fire and ice game because the Lions offense started out on fire. They fizzled out, and so now they're iced. And then the opposite happened with the Bears. Their offense looked like a dumpster fire. And now they're lighting up defenses with Justin Fields running absolutely hog wild. And so I'm looking to see... Which players can rebound? Is it Goff? Is it Amon Ross St. Brown? Is it DeAndre Swift, who's still fighting some injury? Uh, I mean, Jamal Williams was, he was okay. Um, but he's been, he has eight touchdowns on the season. And so mm-hmm. will that continue? We've got Herbert and Montgomery, who were left in the dust with Justin Fields running everywhere. They didn't really get any action for themselves. And then all those Lions pass catchers, are looking to bounce back. And so it's weird saying like Herbert Montgomery needs to bounce back when the offense has been firing on all cylinders, but Fields took all the points last week. And so you're wondering also, can these players keep it up? Fields, Komet, and Mooney. Um, As far as what I think is going to happen, I think that it's a divisional matchup. I don't know if that over-under is going to hit. I think it's going to be under. And uh, because both teams are going to probably want to run the ball. The Lions don't want to get in shootouts with the people. Look at what happened last week. They beat the Packers 15, was it 15 to 9 or 6? And so uh, apparently their equa- their uh, equation for winning is uh, not to try to get in boat races with everyone like they've been doing this season, and it's to slow the, slow the game down, win on defense, win on the ground. And so I think that this is going to be a disappointing game for fantasy purposes. Although I am interested to see how all these assets do. Because looking ahead to week 17, mm-hmm. they play again in the fantasy championship. So if wow. this is a huge offensive matchup this week, you're going to want to target at the trade deadline some of these guys. Because if you think you're fantasy championship bound, that's who plays in the finals. The Bears and the Lions again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sneaky, sneaky fantasy upside game. Doesn't look like fantastic on paper, but there's definitely some interesting names. Uh, the the matchup that I'm interested in is uh, Jacksonville versus Kansas City. It's the highest over-under of the week. Um, it's been fluctuating between 49.5 and 50.5. And, 50 and, a half. and uh, they have Kansas City minus 9.5. Um, we just saw last week Patrick Mahomes threw 68 passes uh, in a fantasy explosion. Um, that was actually two less than an NFL regular season record that's held by Drew Bledsoe back in 1994. So when I was watching that overtime game, I kind of had that stat in my head and I was just like, all right, throw it three more times. Like I, did, I just wanted him to break the record at that point once he was getting to the 60s. But, uh, you know, Mahomes is awesome. You're going to fire him up every week. Same thing with Kelsey. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster the last couple of weeks is really uh, – Earn my respect as uh, every week starter, kind of set it and forget it uh, into your lineup. But uh, you could also go Hardman. We spoke about him earlier. Um, I think he's 
very, very confident flex at this point. Um, wouldn't start him necessarily as my wide receiver one or two, but he, I'm pretty confident with him as a flex. And I would not start MVS, Kadarius, Tony, or Sky Moore. Um, I also will not start a single Kansas City running back. Um, it's kind of a mess right now. It's touchdown or bust. Uh, Pacheco is probably the one I'm most excited about over CEH, but um, I'm still not confident in starting him. Uh, I think ETN is going to continue his dominance. He's been incredible since the team has traded James Robinson and he stepped in as the RB1. And I don't really see that changing for the rest of the season. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a streamer. He kind of has a sneaky rushing ability, um, especially when they get inside the 10. Uh, he has a lot of rushing touchdowns on the year, and that has saved a lot of his fantasy days. But um, I think that better days are ahead of, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he started off hot. He's been in a cold spell, but um, I think he's going to get things going. And we just saw Christian Kirk have another awesome week, and he was uh, really awesome to start off the year. So I hope that trend continues. Zay Jones is in every week. Uh, you know, you need to flex him. You can do it. Uh, Evan Ingram, you can start. I know we're not into him on this show. We talked about it. But, uh, yeah, and that, that kind of just sums up the game. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I think that, you know, we just saw Washington make a game against Kansas City. Maybe Kansas City comes out storming, but I think this could be another uh, kind of sneaky close game. So I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, Trevor's QB9 on the year. So, you know, I think that's four-point passing touchdown, but still mm – -hmm. That's if, if he's, if he's going to go up, for, you know, if you think he's going to get better. I think that's, you know, maybe he's a trade target in your super flex leagues, you know, oh, yeah. if you play any redraft super flex like myself. I, I do have a couple, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I do like Trevor. Maybe we should talk trade about dynasty, Joe. Maybe we mm -hmm. can do a. Well, I was right about to say he, he's kind of, I have a lot of confidence in Trevor Lawrence and yeah, you know, he hasn't done a tremendous amount to earn that other than like being a generational talent at a high school and then looking so sick at Clemson. But uh, I continue to feel very confident about him being a great quarterback in the NFL. And um, I think he I think he's in for a big second half of the season and uh, we're going to see a lot of growth. So he's yeah, not off limits because, you know, me, I'm a trade addict. <laughs> but send me the right offer maybe you get him but All right. he's not someone i'm really looking to deal all right we'll talk to you after the after the pod um let's see my game of the week i got the sunday night football game the la chargers are in town playing the san francisco 49ers over under is 45 and a half uh surprising to me sf's favored by seven and a half i think this game's going to be a lot closer it's probably because, you know, Herbert hasn't really been playing that well as of late. Plus, you know, probably the Keenan Allen, you know, questionable all week, you know, death taxes and Keenan Allen is questionable to play. So, mm -hmm. uh, but looking at the positionally, you know, you know, if you got Herbert, you're playing Herbert. Jimmy G has been pretty solid for fantasy. So he's a great weekly streaming quarterback. Uh, you're firing up both top running backs, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell might be active for this game, but he's nothing more than a handcuff now that, that CMC is in town. Uh, glad, glad that Eli Mitchell's getting back and get, going to be healthy, though. Uh, for wide receivers on the Chargers side, Keenan Allen's probably not going to play. He needs to just get healthy. You know, uh, maybe the, the Chargers should just do what the Raiders did with Darren Waller and just put them on IR, get healthy. They're going to need them later, but we'll see. Um, you know, Josh Palmer could be a, should be a great start. 
Um, I do like DeAndre Carter still. Uh, I know we were just talking earlier about – he did have 10 points last week. We were talking about uh, the third-string receiver, right, Michael Bandy, who uh, was the wide receiver 36 last week too. Um, but for the Niners, it looks like Devo is going to be back. Brandon Ayuk, we talked about. He's been great. And then, you know, both tight ends are a great option. You got Kittle, Everett, and then uh, throwing a, uh, a curveball out for everybody. I do play IDP. So if you need a linebacker streamer this week, Drew, Drew Twa- uh, Tranquil for the Chargers has been pretty great. Getting lots of tackles. Um, no, we haven't talked about IDP here before, but if, if anybody does, uh, I really like what I'm seeing from him for the Chargers. I like it. Yeah. We also don't, don't talk think- about DFS, and I'm trying to, like, come up with uh... – I just throw a dime on the showdown lineups on the prime times, and I can't even find six players that I want to put in my lineup. Oh, man. Do you want to hear a fun <laughs> fact? I've never done DFS, which, I, really. which is I'm, – I'm, like, being stubborn about it at this point because uh, I don't know. But I, I really should look into doing DFS because it seems like a ton of fun. Yeah. I, like, I kind of uh, stay old-fashioned with my fantasy for whatever reason. Yeah, one year – this is a little off topic, but one year a friend and a friend and me we did a 32 man DFS league where every week you set a lineup and we did it like an NFL schedule where you played somebody else, but if you were like top three in the league you got paid out like every week. It was really fun. Um, I think I might want to do something like that again because it was pretty popular. Sounds fun. Yeah. Alrighty, that's gonna do it for our matchups of the week to close out the show. We'll talk about some dynasty drop-in. I wanted to propose a couple questions to the guys, which the first one is I'm kind of facing this in our own, which I, I didn't expect. I mean, I'm coming off a poor bye week matchup where I just absolutely tanked without Saquon and CMC. But what do you do if your team is middling? You're not bad. You're not great. You're just stuck in sixth or seventh place. Well, what I've been like, so I'm not quite – there yet but I'm definitely nearing it because I've made a lot of trades I've kind of I've I've been doing a lot of thinking in our league and I started off thinking like okay I can win the championship and then I had the offer I couldn't refuse for Lamar Jackson where I got a ton of first round picks and then I kind of started changing my direction a little bit I noticed my team does have some younger assets and you know a ton of picks moving forward so I'm, I'm at a point right now, um, similar to you, Derek, but uh, slightly better record, I think, but like going in the same direction of, I think my team could make the playoffs. I think it could make a run, um, but it's just not, it, it's not really the championship team. So what I'm looking at is I'm looking at the age gaps currently. So like players on my team, like um, Mike Evans is still very valuable to a lot of teams. Uh, he's getting up there in age. I think he's 29. Same thing with like a Brandon Cooks, if he could get things going. Um, he's a player that I'm looking to trade away. So I'm looking at the age and guys that I could trade away to contending teams while still being able to contend, if that makes any sense. So like I'm looking for picks and younger players while still competing, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not trying to completely sell because I want to make playoffs. Yeah. The conundrum that I am in, is that I went from scoring 227 points in week seven mm-hmm. or at week eight. Right. That to, was awesome. I scored 88.4 in week nine. Yeah. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. <laughs> so I'm like, on the best of days, I could beat absolutely anyone. On the worst of days, 
I lost to a team starting Sam Ellinger as QB and Noah Fant in his super flex. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Mason, what Absolutely do you think? Absolutely embarrassing. I think you're spot on with, like, the, you know, like, player age, right? You want to look at guys that are, you know, maybe coming up to the – they're at the peak or – they're on the downtrend, right? I think I mentioned it. Like, I like to look at everybody on my squad, or at least like the players with value, and identify like, are they trending up or are they trending down? Mike Evans is a guy who's still great, probably still hovering around his peak, but I think we've seen like the best days from him, right? So he's mm-hmm. probably has an arrow trending down. Quarterback question marks moving yeah, forward. Yeah, like Brady's going to be gone probably next year, or maybe he's just going to be the Nolan Ryan of the NFL and just play till he's like 47 or something until his arm just, you know, blows out. I just watched a documentary, by the way, Netflix. It's great. Just throwing it out there. Um, Big Nolan Ryan guy. Yeah. No, it's a great documentary, but um, yeah, you know, so I think making a move that where it's like, all right, let me go move Mike Evans for a George Pickens and a third. Like I would, you know, if I'm kind of like in the middle and I'm like, all right, I don't, think I'm gonna gonna be able to make the playoffs a lot can happen still there's like like Derek said earlier there's like five weeks left right before playoffs start so um you know go set yourself up if you think that you're not going to make the playoffs because the worst spot you could be in a dynasty league is right in the middle because you're going to have a middle round pick um whereas there's still time to get like that top five pick right or at least get mm-hmm. into the top five if if you're not if you, if you think you're not going to have a chance to do it my problem is i lost all my young wide receivers my i have dobbs burks and dotson they're all hurt mm. it's not fair. next year always next year no i'm in it to win it <laughs> me too Alrighty. kind of my next question is have we looked at the 2023 draft and if so if you if the answer is no then that's a pretty simple answer but What's the where's the tier break for you in 2023? Like, if you're a middling team, what pick do you want to navigate yourself into if you're ready to concede your season in order to feel like it's worthwhile? Yeah, so I, I've been keeping up with 23 picks, uh, like the top prospects, pretty heavily. Um, I want Bijan Robinson so badly. I know it's a running back, but uh, he's he's just so good. And every time I watch him and every time I watch the highlights, he just becomes better in my head. And uh, I think Allie will probably have the top pick with uh, how it's looking. And I, I've i been nearing some pretty uh, heavy offers try, just trying to get that first pick. I don't know if she would ever give it up. I don't even know who she's targeting because, you know, maybe maybe she wants like a C.J. Stroud or because we're in super flex. Maybe, maybe she wants a top quarterback. But, uh, yeah, Bijan – um, you have Gibbs at Alabama, who I think is going to be a really, really good fantasy asset because he's one of those pass-catching running backs who could really rack up points. Um, Addison for wide receiver. Um, Josh Downs from UNC I like a lot. He's a little bit shorter, so I'm, I'm a little worried about him. But, uh, you know, we have some really exciting guys. Mason? Yeah, I really like Bijan as well, but, like, I mean, what if he goes somewhere like, like the, I don't know, like what if he, so I understand why you're trying to get that one-on-one Joe. It sounds like you're going to have a top three pick with 
like Willie's pick, right? Yeah, so um, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, Bijan, in my opinion, is the dynasty running back one. Like, I'd rather have him over Brees Hall. I'd rather have him over uh, Jonathan Taylor right mm-hmm. now. Like, I don't care where he goes, but, like, he could go somewhere. Like, what if he goes to Tennessee at 22? Like, right now they're projected with the 22nd pick in the draft. Like, what if they're like, all right, we like our defense. Let's invest in the the Derrick Henry follow-on. Like, there's a good chance that Bijan won't be the 101, right? Like, maybe Bryce Young goes to Atlanta or something, right? And they're like, yeah. all right. So, Carolina. Yeah, like maybe there's just like a not a good landing spot for. Except Carolina can't even tank right because they just, they're like <laughs> yeah, no, they're like mid tier right now. So, you know, a lot could happen. Uh, I, the reason why I'd like to make rankings before the NFL draft, like the NFL draft's a good way to like see who NFL teams value, but you have, you know, for example, like I had Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Most people had Clyde as like a. RB5. Like everybody had Dobbins, Swift, JT over him. And then he goes to the Chiefs and everyone's like RB1, right? Mm-hmm. So they kind of overcorrect. Uh, so just keep that in mind. You know, like landing spot plays a good, a good role in it. Um, it's good to have your pre draft rankings and, you know, adjust a little bit where they go, but uh, don't overcorrect. Sometimes the market overcorrects. I just kinda, want, yeah, with sorry, all those yep. quarterbacks that are probably going to be first rounders in the actual NFL draft and then therefore super flex first rounders. I like, I don't have a second either. And I, there's going to be so many wide receivers that I want in the second round of those, that startup draft. I mean, not the, the rookie draft that I'm just mm-hmm. like going to be licking my lips at. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't even think I'm going to get a chance at them. It's tough. It's going to be fun. I went Quentin Johnson. I'm ready to get hurt by a TCU receiver. again. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he, he seems like he could be a beast. He could be. He couldn't be further from Jalen Rager's physical makeup. So, I mean, he's like huge. But we shall see. Any other comments for the good of the order? Let's roll. So. Hopefully, we have a good game tonight. Yeah, I'm thinking about the game currently. I'm still. Yeah, we I'm got still, we got still Falcons and Panthers. And uh, best of luck. In week 10, can't believe it. I keep messing it up. I think it's week 9, week 10. Good luck with your bye week. If you have any problems, you got Jets players or uh, who else is on bye. That yeah, specifically. Hey, hey uh, Derek, why don't you give everyone an update on how the listener league is going? Real quick. Yeah, sure. To close out the show, I am in first place in the listener league for the fantasy footballers once again. I am 7-2 and two in sole possession of first. Uh, I don't have the most, most points scored. Unfortunately, shout out... To Buffalo Chicken Dip, he uh, has reasons. the most points, and he's three and six. Great so name. and great dip. So like rip to the rip to him. I'm sorry, buddy, uh, but I'm third in points, first in the standings, and I'm looking pretty good. Trying to reprise my championship from last year, and I think I've just I've done it the same way as I did last year, which is make good start sit decisions. Don't get too hot or cold on guys and just drop into the waivers. I mean, I mean, it's a 14-team league, but gosh, I'm still rostering Elijah Moore, hoping that he does something. They actually switched him. He's a slot, the, yeah. During the so bye I'm like, week into the slot, I had so. to decide whether I was going to drop Cam Akers or Elijah Moore. Uh, I went with Akers because I don't think he's good, even if they gave him 80% of the snaps. I like your and decision. I know that Elijah Moore is good, so I'm sticking with Elijah Moore, hoping for the best. I hope Jamar Chase comes back soon. 
I hope Justin Herbert gets better, but Travis Kelsey is absolutely saving me and almost single-handedly keeping me in first place. So, yeah, hopefully um, you get to do that again next year and just become a resident Listener League participant. Oh, yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll get verified for being uh, the Listener League champion. $8. Yeah, just on the... I think you asked like any more dynasty tips. Uh, if anyone on Twitter has any questions, wants to DM me with you know questions on dynasty, feel free to shoot me a message. I'm at Joseph Mason 94 on Twitter. Alrighty, that's going to do it. This is the almost Sunday fantasy football podcast. Best of luck on your matchups this week. And we'll, you'll hear from us again next week.